Next on BYU Sports Nation, it's all about the run game. Can BYU's 116th-ranked rush defense bring it against Toledo's 11th-ranked rush offense? And unlike in Seinfeld, BYU fans are hoping there is enough soup for everyone. Can BYU avoid a post-Tyson drop in productivity? Plus, is winning as simple as not turning the ball over for the Cougars? BYUSN starts now. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is great to have you. It's Wednesday, September 25th. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a man who cannot dunk. His name's Jason Shepard. What, what is, what is that? Where's that coming from? Uh, we saw a video of Brady Papinga dunking and uh he he chronicled how he's had all he just turned 40 which oh we didn't get the video you'll have to look trust it up. us but uh he said he's come off multiple uh you know acl tears and injuries and everything dunking at 40 that's awesome man he also played in the nfl which i guess is a different athletic level than you and i right that I, I without question is the, the answer <laughs> to that question he's one of the most intense people i've ever met He's like dialed in, focused, intense. He and Heather Olmstead should have an intensity off because she is dialed in, man. There's a reason that team wins. When was the last time you dunked a basketball on a, on a regulation 10-foot rim? Uh, I dunked a volleyball once. I never dunked a basketball. I, I've never dunked. No. Yeah. Well, no. I assumed as much. <laughs> We're off to a, a compelling and rich start. Um, another undersized guy who overperformed uh, when he was a player, Riley Nelson, right? He was like... Six foot, still made it happen. Last ranked season in B. Do you feel like I'm climbing out of the hole here? No. Okay. Uh, I do. Uh, Riley Nelson will join <laughs> us. That 2011 season, last uh, season BYU finished ranked in the season. We'll talk about a lot of things, Toledo and the run game and uh, Utah extension, lots to discuss. Uh, Juddy time. We gave <laughs> Juddy a camera again, and he went around BYU women's basketball offices in the court and everything. This is a dangerous proposition. This is a dangerous proposition. We will still air this piece. Coming up with Jeff Judkins. Can't wait. And McKenna Miller, our conversation with the senior outside hitter, fresh off of the performance of a lifetime against Stanford for this team, beating number two Stanford on the road, McKenna Miller in studio. So it's loaded. But first, let's check out today's headlines. The Cougar football team hits the road for the second time this season at Toledo. Last night on the Satake Show, Coach Kalani said the Rockets' rush offense will be a challenge. Uh, they have a quarterback that can run, which is always going to pose some problems, but a physical line and a running back that, that um, can really ru- run the rock, and so he, and he can break some tackles, and um, we're looking forward to defending him. I think we, defensively, we, we have something to prove this week, and, and uh, this is a good time for us to show it, and especially after last week's showing it. BYU will go up against Bryant Kobach, who ran for 228, and Mitchell Gudani, who's averaging six and a half. 6.6 a carry at quarterback, so that will be a challenge. Listen to BYU Radio's pregame live coverage uh, on Cougar Pregame Live starting at 10 Eastern with BYU TV's countdown to kickoff at 11 Eastern when the game's on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. BYU basketball held its first official two-a-days yesterday under new head coach Mark Pope. Not participating was T.J. Haas, who underwent knee surgery last week. Coach Pope said his absence has given other players an opportunity to step up. It is giving some other guys a chance to, to run this point. Uh, it's given 
Connor Harding a chance to work the point, which is really important for us. And Blaze Neal uh, has actually had a great uh, two practices so far today. And and um, so and TJ will be back here in ten days or so. so. You know what we didn't air there is that Mark Pope punked everybody and said, we hope to get T.J. Huss next season. And I'm listening to it. Oh, I was, going, sitting in, I was sitting in the room. He's like, I'm just kidding. It, we were all punked because we bought it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, man. You hear the air go out of the room quickly. <laughs> Men's cross country still number two in the USTFCCCA poll. It's one too many Cs. Yeah, that was, it's supposed to be three. I said four. Uh, the women's team's number six received a vote for number one. How about that? The men's team's been kind of top three, top five last couple years. Women's team cranking it up as well. Both teams will compete at the Bill Dellinger Invitational this Saturday in Springfield, Oregon. Paula C.K., Sean Davies, and USA Rugby kick off the Rugby World Cup tomorrow against England. The last time the U.S. faced off against England was in the 2007 Rugby World Cup. The match takes place at 6.45 a.m. Eastern Time. 3.45 a.m. Pacific time on NBC Sports Network. That is in Japan, and Sean Davies is my old roommate. So, uh, And Paul, of course, became friends with uh, through uh, Can he get his tickets? And rugby play. Yeah, yeah. Like, can uh, we go? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, pretty cool. Sean was a great roommate, by the way. He was awesome. So stoked for those guys. That's awesome. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougar defense is allowing 215 yards per game, good for 15th worst in the country after playing Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington. Certainly a tough competition. Jason, are those numbers more about BYU or the teams BYU played? It's where usually these questions go. A little it's, bit of it's, both. It's in the, it's, Can it be it's, a lot of both? It's uh, Sure, it, but it is both. Look, Utah in that game rushed for 262. Moss mm-hmm. had 187 against Tennessee. Vols. 242 on the ground, Ty Chandler, 160. USC, 171. Malapai, 102. Against Washington, they rushed for 187. McGrew with 110. Newton with 83. A 100-yard rusher every game, by the way. Yeah. So BYU has played, and this is what Kalani Satake talked about on Monday, was like, we've played some really good teams with running backs that can run the ball. They've played good players that can run. But at the same token, the players and the coaches for BYU have all said, we've got to find a way to execute better in those situations. There have been several times where runners have been contacted but not been able to be taken down on first contact. And this week is going to be huge simply because Toledo's strength is running the ball. There was a great quote from Jason Candle, the head coach of Toledo. He was asked about throwing the ball. He's like, look, if you throw the ball – there are three op- there's three outcomes, and two of the three are bad. It's either going to be an incomplete pass mm-hmm. or you're going to get intercepted. It's like, why would we ever throw the ball? So when you're going up against a team that has that mentality Load the box. And, and you've struggled to stop the run, it's huge this week. Yeah, the competition's been quality. Let's acknowledge that uh, four power fives, those are good O-lines. Those are good physical you know, running backs, typically four-star guys. He's banged up at linebacker, too. Let's acknowledge Keenan Peely and Jackson Kafusi both missed last game. Limited action for Isaiah Kafusi, Chaz Ayu, Kavika Fonua. BYU had to move Tyler Algier from running back to linebacker, and it wasn't like he was a backup. He played on the first series. BYU's really banged up at linebacker. And by the way, it could have been worse against Washington. Savon Ahmed didn't even travel. BYU's playing a notable Toledo rush offense, as we mentioned, 11th in the country after a huge performance last week. 436 yards rushing as a team. Is that good? 
S. Bueno. Yeah, Brian Kobach, 228. Mitchell Guadagni had, what, 116 as the quarterback? Completed six passes in a win. Only threw 15. Only threw 15 times. Colorado State almost won that game, though. They kind of Kevin Dysoned it at uh, the goal line right at the end there. We call that Khalil Tating it as well. That happened Hawaii yeah. and Arizona as well. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, to, to me, it's ob- yeah, it is both. I think, but I think the injuries have played a huge role in this. If Isaiah Kafusi and Chaz Ayu and Kavik Fonu and Keenan Pili are healthy and in there, I don't think those numbers are what they are. I, I think that's certainly playing a role in it. There's no question about it. Whatever the circumstances are, though, it's something that the coaches have talked about. They've, they've got to find a way to get better. And it's not just against Toledo, which certainly that's the case. It's just moving forward. They've got to find a way to get better at stopping the opposition's I assume, rushing attack. Absolutely. I assume BYU will improve in this category, but I'm not sure that it's this week because of how good Toledo is yeah. against us. I think against South Florida, yes, I do. Yeah. Now on to topic number two. With Tyson Williams done for the year, Emmanuel Isupa and Lopini Katoa will now see an increased role at the running back spot. Jerem, do you expect the BYU rush offense to be better, the same, or worse in the final eight games? You hope it's better, but you're not going to have the best running back there uh, in Tyson Williams, but the competition lessens a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the other side of the ball for Toledo. The rush defense, not good, just like BYU, bottom 30. Um, so there's an opportunity there to certainly to be better. What, what kind of defense was BYU facing in terms of rushing the ball offensively uh, in the first four? Uh, BYU had a season high of 131 in one game, has rushed for 100-plus in two games. They won those two. They were below 100. They lost those two. 100 rushing yards in a game is not a lot, by the way. Because of BYU's passing history, we here feel like 100's a lot. 150 is not even a lot. You'll be in the middle of the pack. Uh, but BYU, if they get 150 traditionally, is really, really good. I, I can't remember the numbers exactly. I'm sure Greg Rebell has tweeted it recently um, or obviously in the past, but 150 is not a ton. Emmanuel Supa and Lopini Katoa, Sione Finau, and others have uh, their work cut out for them, but Toledo's not that good on, on rush defense. I expect BYU to be better. And the Cougar offense overall needs to be better. BYU has yet to eclipse 28 points in regulation this year. I think that has everything to do with who BYU played. I expect BYU to get 30-plus in this game against Toledo, but will the BYU defense be able to hold Toledo down? I think they'll be able to win the game by a score. You're going in the Eastern time zone. It's another tough game. Toledo's a good team, picked to be one of the best in the MAC, top 11 rush offense. This is a challenging matchup. I don't think it's crazy to go in expecting to see at least the same production that we saw earlier, or the first month of the season. BYU is averaging 102 yards per game on the ground. Which is one of the worst. I was going to say, it's, yeah. it's, it's not it's like it's, it's a lot. Now, the bulk of that did come from Tyson, mm-hmm. but you also have to factor in Zach Wilson, who's second on the team in rushing yards with 105. Does he need to run more? Well, that, that's, a, that's a, probably a question for another day. I, I think it depends on the situation. But look, I, I think it's fair to expect the same numbers, especially when you're increasing the load of two players to do it. You know, you had the majority of that from Tyson. Now you're going to ask two players to equal. I don't think that that's crazy to, to at least get the numbers BYU's put up. I think, I think Isupa and Lopini are very capable of combining to hit those numbers, if not exceed those numbers. So if you can exceed them, then you're in real business. Because Toledo's rush defense is worse? Is that why? I just think in general. But yes, this week, mm. in, for that matter. But again, eclipsing... Getting 102 yards is what BYU is averaging right now. now Which is 11th worst, by the way. But, but, but so now you're asking versus 11th worst. two players to combine to do that. That, that shouldn't be. 
that shouldn't be a huge task. I think it has everything to do with who BYU's playing. So Toledo is not going to have the physical fronts that uh, Utah obviously agreed on the team. Agreed. And USC and uh, you know Washington and even Tennessee. So, topic three: BYU's two and zero with zero giveaways this season. Don't give it away now. And zero and two when turning it over at all. It ended up being three turnovers in each of those losses. Jason is winning for BYU as simple as not turning it over. Well, I mean, it, it's hard to say no because we've seen the the games where they've done it, they've won. The games they haven't, they've lost. I I, I think it's it's too simple to say that. I, I don't think it is. Yes, playing a turnover-free game significantly helps your odds of winning, but there's so many other things that factor into that. Amen. Health, play calling, overall execution, those all play into winning or losing. And an offense can play clean ball, but if the defense can't stop anybody, it, sure. it doesn't matter. Or, and, and vice versa. Defense can score, or excuse me, can force three turnovers, but if the offense can't turn those into points, it doesn't matter. So this year, BYU's won the games where they want, were turnover-free. It's definitely one of the reasons that they can be successful, but other things have played into those wins as well. So I, I, I understand the question, but I think there's too many other factors to just pin it on that and say that's the overall reason. I agree. Yet, if BYU doesn't spot the other team some points, I think the game dynamic changes completely. And I agree with that. And then the defense isn't feeling like they're on their heels and fighting uphill anyway, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In each of BYU's two losses to Utah and Washington, the Cougars have given up two touchdowns with the defense on the bench. Non-defensive touchdowns. So Utah, it's two pick sixes, right? The offense... That leads to scores. And then against Washington, it was a scoop and score and a punt return. So you look at that defensive points allowed number, you got to take off, what, 27 points? I think there was a missed PAT in there from somebody on one of those. Um, Two touchdowns allowed and non-defensive. Like, that's wild. BYU's turned it over six times, by the way, on offense. Three for scores. Plus, you had the punt return. I mean... That's just gnarly. You're right. It's not as simple as don't turn it over. And you gotta, you got to have an aggressive mindset, certainly. Yes, and you don't want to take away from that. Last year, Jeff Grimes was very like, okay, don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. And, and sometimes I question whether BYU is trying to push it down the field as much. I think BYU's taking some shots. They could probably be a little more aggressive. But uh, the Dax Milne play and uh, the Zach Wilson play, that's not on Zach. That's on Tristan Hodge to make that block, right? He, the guy just blew by him. And then uh, scoop and score there. BYU's defense has got to... Maybe try and add to this as well. Forced a couple turnovers. You can offset some bad here. Like, if the BYU defense gets a couple takeaways, one happens to be a score, you can offset some of that. The only reason that BYU beat USC is because they had the two takeaways that led to 10 points. Well, and that's how you can offset. Uh, that, that's how you can offset some of the damage that is done there and, and or a talent gap or whatever. Well, and, and not every turnover is created equal. Right. Certainly, as you mentioned, there are turnovers that lead directly to points. There are other turnovers that maybe flip field posi- you know, position. Right. There are other turnovers that have really no bearing other than wasting another two minutes. Yeah. On- or you've just prevented a score, yeah, it, a yeah. score. So, I mean, right. the, it, not every turnover is created equal. Certainly, though, the goal is to play mistake-free football. Right. That's the goal. And BYU is losing the turnover battle. They're losing the points-off turnovers uh, situation. And they're losing the defensive touchdowns from the other defense, right? So bring a little more there, and uh, we'll see what happens. 
Coming up, Jeff Judkins with a camera and a mic. What more would you want in between the lines? Uh, that's the best possible situation. I can't wait. And Riley Nelson on the matchup with Toledo and the difference in playing group of five teams. Is it that big of a difference? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football with Kalani Satake follows BYU Sports Nation today at 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV. Coach Satake discusses the loss to Washington and then previews the matchup this weekend in Toledo. This is one of the more fun episodes of the season. Uh, Don't miss it. Coming up right after us today. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'm Jerem. He's Jason. And we have a dress code here. We're like... (laughs) You know, kind of casual, hanging out here. Occasionally, people break said dress code, but in a good way. And one of those men is Riley Nelson, who now joins us. Look at look at this. Look at this. I mean, this. are you going to Miami? You look fantastic. Well, you know, out in the lobby, they had after further review on. Yeah. And, you know, with Dave and Dave and Blaine out there, they can't be the only ones, you know, yeah, with the open yeah, collar sport coat that's, look. That's another level, so. right? Yeah. <laughs> if Dave, we had known, we probably would have also put on a sport coat and, yeah. a, and a shirt with a collar. Maybe we do it. Maybe like a formal two, today's a Tuesday. Maybe we make this today's a tradition. Wednesday, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Today is, t- today yeah. is Wednesday. Well, we can do whatever day you want. You tell us. Tuesday, tell Wednesday? Us. We'll okay. We'll no, next time. We'll okay. We're done. Right. It's awesome. done. We've awesome. already decided it. Okay, let's talk about, first off, we'll get to this season and the games, but uh, the Utah series is extended through 2028, four more years, yet there's a two-year hiatus in 2022 and 23. You a fan of the hiatus? Are you okay with it? How do you feel? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but I understand. Like, Utah was able to negotiate a home-and-home with Florida, and being an independent, we, you know, we're trying to fill up as many quality opponents. With them being a conference and their non-conference game limited, it's just... It's just a matter of fact. And so I, I'm okay. I wouldn't like it to be any more than two years. And so uh, I'm 100% okay. And while I would prefer it to be every year, I understand why it can't be. BYU through four games, two and two, coming off a loss to Washington. BYU heads into week five. What's your evaluation of this team so far? I would say, based off the vast majority of preseason talk uh, and sentiment, that they've exceeded expectations. Now, for mine, I sat on this very show, and I thought they were going to go two and two through the first four. Uh, people thought I was a little bit – I was wearing some blue glasses, some blue goggles. We have some if you'd like some here. <laughs> <laughs> firmly, it doesn't go with the sport code next time. <laughs> They're firmly attached. Already. Yeah, no, but uh, but I think by most people's expectations, they, they've exceeded most people's expectations. And, and I think we've learned a lot about this team. I I think we've learned that they're a consummate team, one that uh, competes in all three phases, and you're never quite sure who the star of the day will be, whether it's going to be on offense, defense, or special teams. Uh, so I really like that. That was something I didn't know coming in, that they're the consummate team. But I also think they have some questions to answer. I think that uh, we need more offensive production, especially uh, in the consistency of the passing game. We need to sure up some run defense, and we have to decide what we're going to be a, a three-man front or a four-man front, or are we going to be one that can adapt based on the uh, offense that we're facing that week? And uh, so I think there's some questions to be remained, and the good thing is I think there's a great opportunity to answer those questions and solidify them in this next month of the season. Let's talk about that because there's this assumption, oh, no Power Fives anymore, it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be easier, but I don't think it's going to be easy. And you said something on the radio broadcast, which I watch and I listen, by the way. You do Thank a you. really good job. Thank you. You said that, listen, there's, there are several guys, right, on these Power Five teams that BYU's played. Everyone can match up with the BYU receivers. There'll be a couple of guys 
that can match up with BYU's receivers. So do you anticipate BYU getting more open in the pass game, Neil? I do. I expect a step... Uh, I expect the BYU pass game to take the biggest step forward. We didn't get a ton of looks of this BYU offense versus zone defense, but we actually did against Washington when Matt Bushman was catching all those over routes uh, for 20 yards. He had like three or four of them this past game. That was when Washington kind of relented. They weren't where USC, Tennessee, and Utah, they were man 90% of the time. Washington was more 70-30, and so when they did get into zone, Zach was able to identify it, Bushman was able to you know, find the void, and they were able to complete big chunk passes. I expect that as they see more zone coverage, I expect that trend to continue, or at least I hope it will. Shameless plug for the film room coming up on the Satake Show. I talked with Steve Clark about those three plays. And uh, he breaks it down. It's really the Terrific. over route. Yeah, yeah I love the classic BYU tight end route. Yeah, most definitely. Chad Lewis made his made his money on it. Uh, even going back to uh, what's Gordon? Who was Gordon Hudson? Hudson, thank you. And then my guy, the guys I played with, you know, Dennis Pitt and Andrew George, absolutely made a living on, on that play. And uh, it, it's a great play. And while I was glad to see it against Washington, I also want to see our our X and our Z, which are the wideouts. You know, your Talon Shumways, your Gunnar Romneys, your Dax Milnes. Um, become more involved on the outside, on the edge. Let's focus on the rushing attack for BYU. Certainly one of the storylines coming out of the Washington game was the loss of Tyson Williams, an absolute gut punch, first and foremost for him. Then obviously there's the effect uh, on the team moving forward. You've got Soup, Lopini Katoa. Those are the guys that are going to be there to pick up the slack. What are your expectations for those guys as they do that? I think they're prepared. I think they're prepared, and they will take full advantage of their opportunity. I also think one of the things that works in their favor from a production standpoint is the fact that um, while we still are facing very good teams, just one of the things I learned here in a physics class at BYU is force equals mass times acceleration, and we're just not going to face the the size and speed on that on defensive fronts that we have through the first four weeks. We'll still play some very good team schemes and some very good players, but BYU's offensive line should have the size and athleticism advantage versus defensive fronts from here on out. So that bodes well for running backs who are running behind that offensive line. And I think those guys are capable. I think it became evident through the first four games that they maybe don't have quite the complete skill set that Tyson did, but I think they have enough to be productive to where I expect uh, at worst, the rush game to be neutral. And uh, like I said, giving that BYU uh, offensive line a chance to play against a little bit smaller guys, uh, they should be able to push them around and create bigger holes, which means that there could be a slight improvement to the rush game. We're talking with Riley Nelson, the radio analyst for BYU Radio on the football uh, broadcasts. And uh, you can catch Jason and Riley every uh, pregame, it feels like. Yeah, two Cougar pregame on right? two, two hours before. That's right. right. Hanging out. start this week. Looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about there, – there are a lot of things that go into winning and losing, but the turnover numbers seem to be stark right now. When BYU hasn't had a giveaway, BYU's won, and when they have, they've had too many. They've had three each game. And then in both the losses, BYU's uh, allowed two non-defensive touchdowns in the Utah-Washington game. Um, is it as simple as don't turn it over for BYU's offense? I think so, but I, I – hesitate to endorse that thinking wholeheartedly because what it can do is take away risk. You still have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. You have to be assertive, and you have to take calculated risks, not dumb risks. Uh, things. Look, Dax's fumble was unfortunate. Just the first drive of the second half, I think that's really took all the wind out of the sails, and it was, it was kind of over from there. And, and that was one where 
when I talk about calculated risk, he tried to cut back against the safety on a. Th- he'd already converted a third and seven, and he was tiptoed against the sideline. That's one where it would be okay to go out of bounds. Your risk doesn't outweigh your reward. Your chances of actually cutting back and gaining substantial yardage after converting that third down are not very big, but your risk of something bad happening was obviously very high as it did. And um, likewise, the fumble that was returned, the sack fumble that was returned for a touchdown, yeah, there were some protection issues there, but bottom line, they were showing a pre-snap blitz look. And whenever you get that as a quarterback against a quality opponent like that, you gotta you got to shorten up your clock. And, and Zach who, by the way, he still hasn't completed a full season of starts yet, right? He's, uh, he's uh, 11 starts, I believe. Yeah, seven last yeah, four year. Plus yeah, seven. and four yeah. this year. So, uh, and a full season would be 12. So he still is a freshman by number when it comes to number of starts. Um, and, and that's something that hopefully he learned from in his season that, okay, if they're showing they're bringing the house, even if they bluff me, I still got to have that ball come out of my hand. So a couple of those things, when turnovers are mental mistakes and and poor decisions, then yeah, they're really tough to swallow. But when they're effort things, like for example, the, the first, the Francis Bernard pick six against Utah, that was an effort thing. Zach was trying to escape the pocket. The guy dove, barely got a shoestring, tri- tripped him up, and the throw didn't get there, and Francis happened to be right place, right time. I don't have as much of a problem with that. It's more when the turnovers are are, are a result of poor decision-making. And so that's something that I, I have seen clean up from week one. It did rear its ugly head again in week four, but I think they're on top of it. And I don't want them to get too focused on not turning the ball over. I want them to be more focused on making plays. BYU's rush defense numbers are near the bottom, and now they're facing a team in Toledo that I believe is 11th in the country in terms of rushing yards per game. How concerning are those numbers, especially against a team that going into, you know they're going to run the ball? They're going to run the ball. They're going to line up quickly and run quickly. They're also pretty much all run option. RPOs become a popular term and they do have RPOs built into their uh, built into their offense, but they're also every single run play. The quarterback who's not a huge run threat, but he does keep it. I mean, he's rushed for like 200 yards through four games. Yeah, 119 against Yeah, right. State. Yeah, wild, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, he's a big enough threat there and that is a scheme that this BYU fence has not faced. So, the tempo gave him whenever Washington tempoed against this defense, they gave him some fits cuz they weren't lining up properly and then the reality is they faced much more traditional quarterback takes it from under center, turns around, hands it off type schemes. This will be the first one of the spread option. Uh, so I, I, this is a significant challenge, and I'm, that's what I'm most excited to see going into this game is will that, will that BYU defense answer that challenge? I did like late in the second half, not so much, about halfway through the third quarter, they came out and started running a four-man front and seemed to stiffen up against that Washington running attack that seemed to you know get six, seven yards at will in the first half. It did cause that four-man front caused some issues for it. So I'll be interested to see what they come out uh, schematically. Uh, they definitely are going to need to address the alignment issue when Toledo does hurry up into the next play because we're going to see they're going to try and run a lot of plays. And then ultimately from a mental and a mindset standpoint, are those guys out to prove something that they aren't the rush defense that we've seen through the four, first four weeks and establish a new identity going forward? Well, it's the second road game. It's a second trip to the Eastern time zone, and it went well the first time. Let's hope it goes uh, well the second time. Have fun at the Glass Bowl, and uh, we'll listen to you guys at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. 
Yeah, get up. Don't watch uh, College day, Game Day and those guys who are always wrong about BYU. <laughs> That's right. Listen, yeah, listen right, to the right, guys who really know. Right, we got you covered. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. Thanks, Riley. Thank you. Coming up, McKenna Miller is McKilling it for women's volleyball. I am so proud of that team. Ah, the McRib. Yeah. And uh, Juddy time between the lines. Juddy's going to vlog again. We never know what we're going to get with him, literally. Luckily, we did edit it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Saturday, get ready for the Cougars and Rockets live in Provo and Toledo at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV with Countdown to Kickoff. I like watching that show. It's one of my favorites. I think it's produced very well. Oh, thank you. That team does a great job. Welcome back. I'm Jerem. He's Jason. Uh, we always like to compete. So Saturday, Jason and I will compete. I'll produce Countdown, and you'll produce slash host the pregame show. Correct. And then we're and then women's soccer. We're You're competing in the radio, evening, too. TV, but we're really on the same team. Absolutely. We're looking for as many of great numbers and content as we can have. And once the soccer game is over, we will also compete in a 40-yard dash at Southfield. We are? I don't know. I, I just know made that. that. I just made it up. I feel No, like... I mean, yes, we are. And then when you don't show up, I win by default. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's one way to do it. Uh, let's refresh today's relevant headlines. The Cougar football team hits the road for the second time this season. Luckily, they're all faster than Jason and I. At Toledo last night on the Sitake Show, Coach Kalani said the Rockets' offense, specifically rushing the ball, will be a challenge. Uh, they have a quarterback that can run, which is always going to pose some problems, but a physical line and a running back that, that um, can really run the rock. And so he, and he can break some tackles, and um, we're looking forward to defending him. I think we defensively, we, we have something to prove this week, and, and uh, this is a good time for us to show it, and especially after last week showing it. Listen to BYU Radio's pregame coverage on Cougar Pregame Live with Jason, as mentioned, starting at 10 Eastern. Early start Saturday. Can't wait. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff, as mentioned, as well, 11 Eastern. And then the game is on ESPN+. Plus. Pay the five bucks. Is also a free throw. And BYU Radio. BYU basketball held two days yesterday under new head coach Mark Pope. Not participating was TJ Haas, who we found out underwent knee surgery last week. Coach Pope said his absence has given other players an opportunity to step up. It is giving some other guys a chance to, to run this point. Uh, it's given Connor Harding a chance to work the point, which is really important for us. And Blaze Neald uh, has actually had a great uh, two practices so far today. And, and, um, so, and TJ will be back here in 10 days or so. so. Also, Lindy's College Basketball Magazine has named Yoli Childs a second-team All-American selection, so congratulations to Yoli. Very nice, and uh, only 10 days is good. It was a nice scope. It wasn't a tear, yes. uh, sprain, MCL, or whatever, it, which is good news for BYU. Men's Cross Country still number two in the USTFCCCA poll. That was the right number. That was the correct number of Cs. Thank you. The women's team number six received a vote for number one this week. How about that? So you have four top ten teams on campus, men and women's cross country, women's soccer, women's volleyball. Ha! Both teams in cross country compete at the Bill Dellinger Invitational this Saturday in Springfield, Oregon. I should know where Springfield is. I have no idea. I think every state has a Springfield. Probably. Of course, I don't know if we have one in Utah. Utah. Maybe not. I'm going to look up where Springfield is. Paula C.K., Sean Davies, and USA Rugby kick off the Rugby World Cup tomorrow against England. The last time the United States faced off against England was back in the 2007 Rugby World Cup. The match takes place bright and early, 6.45 a.m. Eastern Time, 3.45 a.m. Pacific Time on NBC Sports Network. Okay, Springfield is uh, by Eugene. So there you go. 
So south of Provo, or excuse me, Portland, excuse me. Yes, yes. exactly. Well, north of Provo. North, uh, northwest of Provo. Yes. We've got a few internet sensations on campus, obviously uh, women's basketball specifically, as uh, Shailene Gonzalez recovering from a torn ACL herself. Paisley Johnson, uh, who honked at me as she passed by me going to practice the other day. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Am I on the vlog or not? They have YouTube vlogs. It's a thing they do, right? A few months ago, Jeff Judkins had a try at it. He didn't disappoint. It was really good. It was fantastic. Since then, there have been several requests for Coach Judkins to do it again, to get back in front of the camera. So what's a better time to get another vlogging with Juddy than another episode with the women's basketball team, specifically at walk-on tryouts? Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. All right, I'm here with head coach Jeff Judkins. Coach, we're at women's basketball tryouts right now, and people have been clamoring for another Juddy vlog. Do you think it's time? I think it's time. Jetty time. I think, I think, I think it's it time, is. too. It's Jetty time. Let's do this. <laughs> Jetty time. Time for me to have some fun. Right now, this is a walk-on tryouts. You can see these young ladies are doing a great job trying out. Look at these. They're smiling. They're on camera. As I'm walking in this beautiful gym... This is one of my most great opportunities to start a fun season. As I'm walking towards midcourt, I have a bunch of young ladies sitting over here that are really excited to talk. All right, tell me what's going on with you guys. Tell me. We're watching tryouts. Is that you're doing? No, you're doing homework. You can't be doing homework. Babalu, what are you doing? Hey, where's your ice, Babalu? Every time I see you got ice, I don't see it on you now. What's the problem? <laughs> I love this camera. Paisley and Shaylee, and how's your knee? It's going great. I want to start running. Well, you keep going, girl. It's nice to have my team really care about who's on the walk-on team. As I'm walking in the gym, they're still they're still working out. You see Ray Stewart over there. He's coaching. He's getting the walk-on tryouts ready to go. I have both him and Lee be in charge of the walk-on tryouts, and they make sure we get the players that we need. So as I'm walking closer to Ray Stewart, Ray, what, what do you say? What do you say about walk-on tryouts? Walk-on tryouts, best time of the year. Love these guys. Yeah. Coach Stewart has done this for a long time. He's given these girls an opportunity to be better players. As I'm moving closer to another coach, my new coach this year, Lee Kennard, let's ask him to see what he has, what he has to say about the, all this. What do you think about it, buddy? You guys are in for a real treat getting Juddy on the camera today. That's all I know. I think we're in a real treat to get you on the camera. It's nice to have Lee and the staff. I'm excited. I also have a new coach, Mel, Mel uh, Pearson Day, who will be on my staff this year. It's been a lot of fun. I'm excited for the season. I hope you guys check, check out my log. I'll do this on a regular basis. I love basketball. I love this season. Take care. Same time, same channel. And go Cougars. We'll see you later. You taught Jeff Judkins how to vlog. This was his second time. How did he do? I think he did pretty good. I'd probably only say that he should, like, hold out the camera a little bit more. You know, he had it really close to his face. So. Yeah, his commentary has gotten a lot better. So he's talking more, reacting to different things, including more people. So he's enjoying it way more than uh, he's trying to let on, I think. So are you guys still vlogging? 
You yes. still doing that? What's been your latest ventures? So when I went back home to Arizona, I've been vlogging some of that and then also went to Hawaii with my family. And then videos from Media Day and also our Nike gear. I just filmed a birthday vlog, so <laughs> we'll see when I edit that and put it out. Oh, how many followers are you at now? Shelly has like almost 100,000. <laughs> I'm at like 60, 65K, something like oh that. Gosh, and you have, you have a ton. I got 40. Thank you guys so much for watching. Also, season's happening soon. Get excited. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Peace. Go Cougars. We'll see you later. Between the lines. Oh, fantastic <laughs> stuff. He, is, he really is the best. Well, one of our uh, producers uh, said, we don't deserve him. And it, it's true. He's so, he's so good. And true to form, Juddy is so awesome. He can't remember anyone's name. Yeah, and he's, he's very <laughs> open about that. He talks about how he just He called messes- Lee Kennard Luke Kennard. Who, Lee Kennard. Lee Kennard. Luke Kennard played at Duke in place of the Pistons. That's another guy. I love it. He's so just huge personality. Fantastic. Coming up, a very special rise and shout out to one of our own today. Absolutely. And McKenna Miller is in studio. She's going to talk about the upset at Stanford this season for women's volleyball. Uh, they are really, really good again. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU women's soccer ranked fifth in the nation, looking to stay undefeated when they face Long Beach State Thursday in California. Then they'll return home to Southfield to host UC Irvine Saturday. You can see that on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and Jason. You know what's awesome? Beating the number two team in the country on the road. Last year at home, this year on the road. That's what BYU Women's Volleyball did. They are in the top ten at number nine. Two first-place votes, by the way. And the leader of the group, you could argue. She may not think it's the case, but I think it is. McKenna Miller is back in Studio B. How's it going, McKenna? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Uh, what a win. And uh, let's just point out that you are 2-0 and against Stanford for the last few years because you were hurt in the Final Four, right? Yeah. So are you the missing ingredient there? For BYU volleyball? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Great answer. But, um, but yeah, it was fun to just get that experience. We beat them at home, and it was a really close set. So I think there was an argument like, oh, if they would have played at Stanford, Stanford would have beat them, all this stuff. And then after the Final Four, it was like, see, we told you guys. And so it was kind of nice to be able to go to Stanford. And we just got to play fearlessly like before the game. Heather was like, no one thinks we're going to win this game but us. So let's just go out and compete and do the best that we can. And so it was kind of fun to just get that confidence and that self-belief that we just beat Stanford at home. Hold on, kind of fun? It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been having a lot of fun. You guys are on a tear right now. You're a top 10 team again. You got married I did get in, in the last couple of months. How's married life treating you, by the way? It's good. Never see each other because our <laughs> schedules are the exact opposite. But... It's awesome. He's on the men's team, so Alex Asu. Yeah, yeah. Little it's power, like, another power couple. <laughs> that's what we're going for. BYU. The Y Awards. They and didn't. The Wilds, they yeah. gave it away. They didn't do it last year. I was kind of sad, but yeah, politics. We can talk off camera okay. about this. Yeah, that's honestly why we got married. Was for the <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it's awesome. He's the best. Yeah, he's he's great. I love him. Uh, he's a serving machine last year. Probably yeah. an increased role this year. So yeah. looking forward okay. to that. Um, let's, so Stanford moved up to one. Did you see that yeah. after losing? Yeah. 
That's interesting. I don't fully understand. Stanford is, we talked even before, they said they're ranked number two, but realistically they're probably the number one team in the country. They have a number one loss last week. Yeah, and they have the same girls that have won two national championships. So realistically, we're like player-wise, they should be the number one team you before we play the number them. one team yeah so and you guys got two first place votes this week yeah. how about that like thanks to whoever was two yeah, I, like, I, shout I, out to those two voters i don't know who it was. i don't i think yeah. you can look it up but yeah um how's the season going generally by the way because this is a kind of a new group there's a lot of yeah. experience back but you lose uh you know ronnie jones perry and and uh the uh the haddock twins, the haddock yeah. twins obviously was a huge yeah. loss um yet this team has picked right up where you were and that's kind of BYU women's volleyball yeah it's definitely different um, like last year when we were playing against Stanford, I was like, it was like, all oh, our team's like really good. Like we can beat Stanford. And like, I felt it. Whereas this time I was like, it's just going to be like a good learning. Experience. Like, let's just try to be competitive and do the best we can. And then it ended up working out really well. But I think we've made a lot of really good growth coming from the first game of the year. We just, we're connecting a lot better. We're getting better at the little things that we need to. And so Stanford, I feel like was a really well-scheduled match because if we would have played them, the first weekend of the year, I don't know if it would have been the same result, mm. but I think we've really just been improving and really been working hard, and so it was cool to be able to execute that against a really good team. And it was two days after beating Utah. It's not like it was like all week you can yeah. focus on Stanford. You made the quick turnaround yeah. to beat two tr- top 20 teams in three days. Yeah. Like I was exhausted, son. Just emotionally, <laughs> like, those are two, but it was really good, a good week. How satisfying has this season been for you on a personal note after fighting your way back from injury? Um, It's been really nice just being able to be back. I don't know if it's just because it's my senior year and so I'm just like, let's just have fun. Or if it's just because I didn't get to play the rest of last year. But I feel really calm for the most part and just excited to play volleyball. And yes, I want to win every game, but it's not life or death if we win or lose. Like I just want to be able to enjoy because 20 years from now when I look back, it's not going to be like oh, man, remember when we lost to Marquette? Or it's going to be the memories and how much fun it was playing. And so that's kind of been well, nice. In talking with Heather yesterday, she, was, she told me just how, how important it was for you to get back and all of the hard work you put in in order to make that happen. What was that experience like working your way back to where you are right now? It was hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, it was great. It was just did my little rehab. It was hard. Uh, Definitely, I feel bad for Alex because he dealt with a lot of the emotional side of that. But um, winter semester was really busy. I don't think I've ever been that tired in my life. We had weights in the morning. I'd go to class, go sit at practice, go do two and a half hours of rehab, and it was just kind of like go, go, go. But now that I'm out of it, I'm really grateful I just did that because I get to be playing, so it's worth it. What was that like emotionally for you during last season when you knew, okay, this is a special group. You guys are ranked number one for most of the year, and uh, you you have a season-ending knee injury, and you have to watch as the team goes to the Final Four, which was awesome, but you couldn't play in those matches. What was that like for you? Yeah. I don't wish that on anybody because that sucked. But same thing, just the lessons you get to learn. Like I didn't plan for that, and I didn't want that, but – being out of that situation now, I'm just able to look back and see all the things that I got to learn and how much more it made me appreciate being able to play the little things. Like I never thought I'd be excited to condition because I hate condi- who don't. But Wait, there you was condition a time- in volleyball. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but there was like finally where I was like, oh my gosh, I get to run again, which I never thought I would say that because mm. I'm not a runner gal. But just made me appreciate all the little things and the relationships with my teammates and stuff because even though I wasn't they're competing. I still got to experience that with my best friends, and that was really cool. 
It's crazy to think we're already at the point of the year where conference play has begun. When you look back at the non-conference, how do you think the non-conference schedule prepared you for what you'll face in the WCC? I think it was really good. I was talking to Heather the other day just how well she scheduled it because I think it allowed us to build a lot of confidence in ourselves with the teams we were playing. They are good teams. We were home. We were away. We kind of got a good mixture of everything. And so I feel like I feel pretty confident going into conference just knowing we've gotten better every single match and hopefully that just continues to keep going and knowing that we can compete with the top teams. doesn't matter if we're young or if we have eight freshmen or whatever. Like We are a good team and are able to compete at that level. What's it like with this group? Because there were individuals that uh, played with various USA levels of volleyball. Mary at the highest level, which was incredible and obviously a uh, uh, great experience for everybody. So what's this group like as you've set this really high standard? You went to the Final Four last year. You just beat Stanford. Um, you, it feels like you guys have a great chemistry and really high expectations. Yeah, I think we definitely do. Like I've heard people say, I don't, it feels so cheesy saying it, but they say like, uh, crap rebuild not reload or something Mm -hmm. like along something like that which sounds kind of cheesy but I feel like that's something our team's always been really good at and Heather says all the time she's like so what now what what's next so so what our team went to the final four what's gonna like what's our goal for this year what is our plan so I think yeah last year was a crazy good season and it was exciting but that was last year and this is a new team and so None of us really care or focus on, oh, we, like, we went to the Final Four last year. We have to be just as, like, we're just going to compete and be as good as we can. And this team is a different story than last year's. Well, so far, so good. Nine and two. The two losses are to uh, Marquette and Texas, who are in the top ten still. Um, and now you have Gonzaga and Portland. So have fun in the great Northwest. I know there's going to be a Isn't ton that of... that kind of where you're from a little bit? Yeah, I grew up in Portland. I did invite the in-laws to go. They can't go. They typically do. But they'll uh, they'll be there in spirit. Spirit. Good luck. And you you're the owner of many scrunchies. Just wanted to bring that up. You have one. How many did you say you found in your locker? (laughs) Fourteen. My jersey number though. So that's oh Oh. nice. Oh, that that's that's not a coincidence. That's good luck. That's a campus high. No one has a year and a half of scrunchie hoarding in my locker. Hey, between that and the BYU Sports Nation karma. Yeah, let's give you that. That's good luck, Gonzaga. That's pretty good. Have fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Coming up, why not T.J. Haas on the opening day of Hoops Practice? We will explain. And Cougars in the Rugby World Cup. My old roommate is starting for the U.S. I am stoked for him. We'll tell you who is repping the Y in Japan. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to our guests today, Riley Nelson, Jeff Judkins, Jeff Judkins, and McKenna Miller. Show on demand via podcast on the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football facing Toledo on Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Listen on BYU Radio pregame coverage with myself, Riley Nelson, on Cougar Pregame Live starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then BYU TV's countdown to kickoff at 11 Eastern. And the game is on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Basketball. BYU held its first official practices yesterday for the new season. TJ Haas had knee surgery recently. Will return to the team in about 10 days after a scope. Zach Selyus, who broke his foot on the trip to Italy, is expected to be ready for play November 5th after foot surgery. That's the goal. BYU women's basketball released their schedule yesterday. Cougars open on October 29th as they host Westminster. The team also hosting Utah on November 29th and will begin conference play December 28th on the road against LMU.
cross country. The men's team's ranked number two in the USTFCCC. That is the correct number. Oh, yes, okay, thank you. that is the correct. Women's team's number six received a vote. How about that? Awesome. Both teams competed the Bill Dellinger Invitational this Saturday in Springfield, Oregon, which we learned is it, south yes, of Eugene. and north of Provo. Okay. Rugby. Paul Asike, Sean Davies, and USA Rugby kick off the Rugby World Cup tomorrow against England. Yeah! The last time the United States faced off against England back in the Rugby World Cup in 2007. The match takes place at 6.45 a.m. Eastern, 3.45 a.m. Pacific on NBC Sports Network. There was a notable, there was a notable win for the U.S. in the uh, 1700s over England. It was awesome. <laughs> and Alicia May Mateo received medalist honors winning the Coeur d'Alene Collegiate yesterday. Mateo finished shooting one under par, leading the Cougars to a second-place overall finish. Uh, another one of those uh, young guns coming through and winning a tournament. How about that? They're reloading like uh, McKenna Miller talked about, not rebuilding, right? Today's Rise and shout-out goes to a uh, special individual uh, with BYU TV Sports. Lauren McLean uh, is going to stop working and uh, be more of a... a stay-at-home mom, and uh, we've had some really awesome years with her. I think she's worked here six or seven years. Been a long time. She's uh, obviously done Between the Lines on this program, which we saw today, which was fantastic. She's been a sideline reporter. She's been a sideline reporter on our pre- and post-game coverage as well, a co-host of this show. So we're going to miss Lauren. We're excited for her and Steve and uh, their son, Cash. Uh, Cash, and very excited for what... Uh, is in the future for Lauren, and uh, we'll miss her. Yeah, excited for uh, for the uh, the next phase in in her life, and uh, certainly appreciate uh, her friendship moving forward, especially. Yeah, she was great. She'll be hard to replace. Our uh, elite uh, voice of the day, uh, along the lines of the question, uh, "How do you feel like the BYU rush offense is going to uh, fare this Saturday?" goes out to at Big Red P on Instagram. Tyson Williams was a special player. But uh, there, Toledo's rush offense will generally stay the same. Uh, sorry, BYU's. Thanks to Zach Wilson. He will contribute with his legs and continue to spread the ball around with his arm making it difficult for opposing defenses to stop Katoa and Isupa. I'm interested to see the difference between playing Toledo in a Power 5. I think Toledo is a very good Group of 5 team. They're, they're not UCF or Boise State per Correct. se, but... Can the BYU offense get going this week at a higher level? Yeah, I think there's certainly an opportunity to do that this week on the road. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, i got to find someone to throw to. Found an open receiver as my check-in. Sorry to Dennis Pitt on no time. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout-out to Dan March. Stay tuned for a rebroadcast of another compelling and rich BYU football with Kalani Sitake. That'll do it for us. Go Cougs!